Hey everyone, this is Coach Tall Guy. I hope you guys are doing well today. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to my channel, please subscribe here at Coach Talk. We go through a variety of coaching topics that are geared towards the volunteer coach, the parent coach, the newer coach to the game of soccer, those coaches who are dealing with those recreational players. Uh, this is a great channel for you just to help guide you and hopefully um, not make you feel like you're on an island. There's a lot of information from technique, tactics, all sorts of stuff. Uh, but, you know, thanks for tuning in. So today I'm going to talk about communicating with young players. And the times that you really communicate to players is obviously a lot of communication during practice. And then there's communication um, during the game as well. So I'm going to kind of take you through how to communicate with those young players at different age groups. And the key thing is, are you able to align your communication to meet the needs of the child at their age? So if you're coaching those young players, those four or five, six-year-olds, it's really important that you keep your communication and practice very short and sweet and to the point. You don't wanna give a lot of steps. Um, their attention spans are very, very short. Um, so they're not gonna be able to follow complex directions. Uh, you also wanna kinda dive into their imagination. So create stories, try to give your instructions within a story setting. Um, make That makes it um, excitable for the child which means then the kiddo is going to have more attention on you as you're giving directions. Uh, your personality as you're giving directions, it should be excitable. If you have kind of a, a monotone type of voice, you know, the kids aren't going to buy into you. You're, you're again, you're losing their attention and then you end up doing a lot of repeating of yourself. And then really big one for you coaches out there is check for understanding before you just let them go into their activity or whatever directions you've given, you've got to check for understanding to make sure that they actually were able to take the information it was received and they know what they're going to do. So many times I see coaches just not do that check for understanding and they sort of assume the kid gets it and then all of a sudden they go off to do the activity and they 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 struggle, they're failing. You're like, I, I thought they all had it. <laughs> and the reality is they didn't. So you got to do that check for understanding. And it's very important that one of your communication styles is also very visual. So you want to make sure that you're doing a lot of demonstrations for players, showing them what it should look like at these young ages um, so that they can go off and do the activities because these kids are big time visual learners at this age. Now, as you're going into these games for young kids, you know, again, you got to remember they're four or five and six years old. If you're trying to overcoach in a game, you're joysticking, you're yap, 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 yapping the whole time, you're basically just wasting a lot of your breath. Um, it's okay to like help the kids out, but we don't want to overdo it where, you know, we want them to have the opportunity just to play. And if you're going to try to be changing up a bunch of things in the middle of the game, it's just an act of frustration on your part because they're not going to get it. That's why we have things like half times. We have things after the game. And honestly, for these young kids, it's just go out there, have a bunch of fun. You know, are they going to necessarily be like in their team shape? Are they going to take kids on one v one? Are they going to find the open pass? No, like they're four, five and six years old. If they're doing that, that's fantastic. But what I want you to get as a coach is just have fun with it. Enjoy the time with them. Don't over inundate them with a bunch of comments because they're not going to get it. 
Just stay super, super positive with these young kids. Tons of positive feedback. When you see a kid do something great, you want to be yelling that out, encouraging them the whole time, giving them high fives, clapping, just having great body language out there with the kids. Now, as those kids start to get older, um, the one thing you're going to notice is that their attention spans are increasing. So now you can get into a little bit more complex activities. You can start to give more step-by-step instructions and they're able to retain that information. You still should be checking for understanding. You should still be doing a lot of demonstrating the activity as well because kids are still visual, big-time visual learners at this age, but they are able to take on more instruction and be able to follow directions a little bit better. The things that you're going to struggle with is are you communicating in a way that is a little bit more demanding, like asking a little bit more of them. Um, They're able to take on more, so you should be able to ask a little bit more of them. You should be able to set more discipline um, within the team setting. And you want to make sure that at these age groups, yes, we want them to be with friends for sure, no doubt about it. But we got to also have some standards that um, the team needs to meet some. So what I mean by that is like you may bring the team in, you want to give them some instructions, but you have best friends standing right beside beside each other. It's very easy for them to distract one another. So you kind of want to split that up or you need to have something where you're able to get the kid's attention. So something like eyes on me waiting for the conversation so that the other kids are putting a little bit of peer pressure on them to be quiet so that you can do the activities. Again, a lot of positive feedback. It's really great when a coach says to players like, hey, I love the way you guys are focusing out there today. Uh, You guys are following directions so good. This is fantastic. So-and-so you know, perfect job of uh, getting to your spot quickly. Kids start to hear those positive comments and they relate really well to that. Now, here's a bit of a struggle um, as we start to get in those older age groups, uh, particularly I see it a lot at eight, nine and 10 years old. All of a sudden coaches get very caught up in the winning and losing of a soccer match and they kind of end up doing a lot of this joystick coaching Um, From the sidelines, they're getting way too animated. They're getting too involved in their game. So their communication with the player is actually quite negative. They're not actually teaching the kids. They're just sort of telling the kids exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it. And the reality is a game is an opportunity for the kids to perform. All right. You can give some instructions and help the kids out. But if you're coaching every touch in every single decision that a player makes, you're actually doing a big disservice to the kid. And then eventually the kid only depends on you as a coach and they haven't actually learned how to do it on their own. So there's a fine line there. And I find too many times that coaches are just, they they get caught up in the game way too much. Many of their comments start to become a little bit more negative versus positive. And it's not even constructive feedback. It's just big time animation with the body, which is a form of communication, that, non, that non-verbal form of communication with kids is so powerful too. So you can either be excited and you know have a great attitude or you can really bring a kid down with that negative body language, those negative comments. So really do your best during games to refrain from that joystick coaching. It's not, you may think it's helping, it's not, it just isn't. So 
Find that line, all right? Use your halftime wisely. Use the halftime to give explanations of things. Give them just a couple bullet points of things you want them to work on. And then you're gonna have to solve problems that you did wrong in practice. That's what practice is for. And then it goes into the game. And you have to be kind to yourself as a coach and understand that it's going to take a while for some of these concepts to really sink into kids. And in particular, recreational players, too, because they're coming from a variety of places where sometimes these competitive players are getting much more practice time, much more game time. So they start to pick up some concepts a little bit quicker. All right. Then you have that great opportunity to communicate to kids in the post game. All right. So at the end of a game, that's a great opportunity for you to just be positive with the kids. Let them know, hey, this is what I saw in the game. This was great. Here's some things we're going to work on in practice this week. And off you go. I find that sometimes coaches, when they communicate with these young players, particularly in these eight, nine, 10 year old age groups and above, they, they use the post game. And it just goes on and on and on and on. And the kids are like, we got to go. They're not really listening to you anyways. They just want to go. They want to be done with it. They've had a great time, hopefully. And then they want to go. So be conscious of that as a coach. Don't make yourself too much the center of attention. As the kids now start to transition again into those older age groups and 11, 12, 13, and so on. Again, their attention spans are much much longer so the activities can be way more complex they they're starting to take on some some of those um personality traits of looking at the game of soccer a little bit more as like this is something i'm really good at and i want to be better at it so you can again demand more from the players so what i'm getting at is as they get older more complex instruction more complex activities you can demand more from the kid the hard part is again in recreational soccer you're going to have to kind of figure out, you know, how much has that kid played or not played? What is the desire of the team and so on? If it's a competitive team, I'm, I'm much more demanding. Uh, parents are paying for certain things. They're paying a higher price tag. The kids have played most, you know, throughout the years and they're in a competitive league. Rec is a little different. But what I'm getting at is you can be a little bit more demanding, give harder instructions and the activities can be harder and again, as they get older in its game day, you can give some more um, feedback to the players. Uh, I always encourage coaches, particularly at these ages, as you're subbing a player off, you know, kind of, you know, let them know what, what is it that they're doing well out there? Where are they struggling? What do you want to see? Those are great times to talk to kids. Too many times coaches are trying to fix so many problems in the middle of the game or they're really addressing some individual and it's just not a great time to do it. So pull them off on a substitution and then talk to the player versus trying to just hammer it in the middle of a game. We want to err on the side of like, let these kids play. This is what they practice for all week. Let them have their opportunity to, to succeed or potentially fail as well. And then again, use those opportunities like a substitution, uh, halftime or pregame or postgame talk to address some of the technical tactical things of the team versus just trying to solve it all during a game because it's just it's, it's very hard it's very frustrating for a coach it's very frustrating for a player as well so to sum it up as you guys are going into your practices okay think about what is my age group that I'm coaching what is their level 
Um, what is the dynamic of the team? Can I be a positive coach? Can I err on that side of positivity? Can I keep my instructions simple, sweet to the point? Uh, as I go into a game day, can I give the kids a few bullet points with those young kids? Just enjoy it, have fun with it. We're very positive as they get older. We start to give a little bit more instruction. I really, if you're going to get anything out of this podcast, do your best to avoid the joystick coaching. I highly encourage any coach out there, if you're wondering, like, am I a joystick coach? What is my attitude during the game? How do I look? Don't be afraid to put up a video camera and just have somebody video you and put even on the audio as well. It's, it's a really powerful tool to see how you act during a game. Um, and you may come away going, hey, yeah, I'm all right with that. Or you might even see yourself and be like, whoa, I didn't even realize how much like coaching and not even positive coaching I'm doing. Like I'm way too animated or I'm way too much into this game with eight-year-olds. You know, is this the type of coach I really want to be? Am I encouraging kids or am I being kind of negative? What does my body language look like? And video and audio is a great way to give yourself some feedback. Uh, So I hope you found this helpful. Uh, Go out there, have fun with the kids, stay positive, get on their level, keep everything short and sweet when you're communicating them to them. And uh, you're going to have a lot of success. This is Coach Tall Guy out.